G'day everyone, it is Friday, September 2, the Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio, and a very good morning to you wherever and however you're listening, and uh, what a night that was in the NRL, in the AFL, cracking game as well, but Parramatta, they're into the top four, baby, the Eels, 22-14 to 14 over the Melbourne Storm, and that means they will play the Panthers next week in a qualifying final, 1v4, Western Sydney derby. Uh, the Brisbane Lions beat Richmond by two points last night. A controversial finish in that match as well. Elimination final, cracking finish in the AFL. Souths and the Roosters tonight at the brand new Allianz Stadium. And that comes after the NRL W match, which is the first match to be played at the stadium between the Roosters and St. George Illawarra. The Swans, huge night for them at the MCG, taking on the Demons in a qualifying final as well. The prize to host a preliminary final. Nick Kyrgios is smelling marijuana at the US <laughs> Open. And uh, no uh, snow in Jindabyne either, Clarky, Morning to you, mate. Yeah, morning, Mido. Loz, morning to our listeners. Yeah, Nicky boy at his best uh, yesterday. On the court performance, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Bit of weed travelling around the court, he reckons. I want to know what asthma's got to do. Is that, is that, is that him telling us he's got a sensitive nose? You're an asthmatic, aren't you? No, my daughter is. Oh, okay, right. But I want to know what asthma, him having asthma, maybe saying it's hard enough to breathe as it is. That's it. Let alone if someone... So was he accusing someone in his box of smoking marijuana? It wasn't in his box. Someone in the Just crowd. Just in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hmm. He reckons that was affecting his breathing. Surely yes. it'd be nice and chilled, wouldn't he? Oh, well... Might have the munchies, but be fair, he'd be chilled. There's an apartment in my building as well. Every time I walk past it, I do feel like I'm about to pass out. So, yeah, uh, you know... Mate, you must have a good nose. He must have a good nose. But anyway, his tennis is on fire. Uh, watch, I watched the game last night. I watched the Eels do their thing. Uh, Melbourne, a few mistakes, certainly early. Craig Bellamy... Geez, he was steaming in the box as well. But, yeah, well done to Parra. What a great win. What a great game of footy. And then I didn't see uh, the AFL, but I hear there's a bit of controversy there as well, Mido. Yeah, they got to the right decision the wrong way. Uh, Mm. I'll explain that a bit later, but let's check in with the great man, Loz, who's at the Banjo Patterson Inn. They're at Jindabyne as part of the Kosciuszko Tour this morning. Loza, how are you, mate? Yeah, morning, boys. What a wonderful game of football last night. The Eels were sensational, winning 22 points to 14. They had that game in control. They were very aggressive to start with. And when they play with that mindset and then play with that um, strong forward rotation where they challenge the opposition physically, they're always going to be a hard side to beat. Melbourne, um, you know, they're just off a bit with their game, uh, in particular with the football. They're trying hard. Uh, They missed Jerome Hughes last night. They did rally in the second half or, you know, with 20 minutes to go, but it just wasn't good enough to defeat the Eels, who now finish in fourth spot. Next Friday night, they take on their arch rivals, Penrith, at Penrith. That'll be a, uh, a momentous game as well, um, or mammoth game, I should say. Um, but, yep, all, all in all, it was a, a good night up here in Jindabyne. Plenty of snow. And um, <laughs> any, snow, any snow has DS seen snow? Lost? Uh, we have seen the snow. Yes, yeah, the snow's on the mountain. Um, it's lovely. It, geez, it's lovely up here. You forget how mm. how nice a country it is. I think that I haven't been here for close to thirty years. To be truthful, really, um, I haven't been to the snow. Yeah, I think it was ninety two. I worked out last night. The last time I was here. Um, but, yep, it was uh, a magic day. Uh, uh, conditions are perfect. 
the skis are having a great time and there's a plenty, plenty of people here watching the footy and uh, both codes last night, the AFL and, and Rugby League. Now, what's this picture you've sent me, Loz? Uh, is that from 1992 as well? There's obviously that's, some that's snow. That's the Banjo Patterson Inn. That's the Banjo Patterson Inn. That's on the website. Oh, it's on the website. on their website, mate. Oh, okay, right. Okay. So tell me what's happening there. Well, Can I had an please? avalanche, no pun mm. intended, of support yesterday. Avalanche of support. Mate, the people that say it doesn't snow in Jindabyne, I don't know who they are because the locals... Last night, I asked all of them, and it does snow in Jindabyne to a man and woman. Okay. It doesn't snow all the time, no, but, but it does snow yeah. in Jindabyne. It's a lot of places. It's snowed in Glen Innes before. Mate, it's snowed in Liverpool before. It doesn't count if it's done it once. Hey, boys, it snows. <laughs> snow is snow. <laughs> snow is snow. It doesn't snow in Junee. So I don't say it snows in Junee. Has it ever snowed in Junee? Not that I'm aware of. Mm. Yeah, but Frosts. the snow's rare in actually settling snow in Jindabyne. It's quite rare. It happens a couple of times a year. Okay, there you go. It happens a couple of times a year, and the locals confirmed that. So all the people that are texting in, you know, I don't know whether they're from Jindabyne. The people in Jindabyne know. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. If you live in Jindabyne, you know it snows here. Ah, oh, dear. How many beers I'll rest have they had my case. How was your night last night, El Daly? Did you have a few? Uh, no, I didn't, actually. Behaved no, yourself. I was very tired. Very tired. What about um, DS? How did he go? Did he have a few? Any more oysters? Oh, Any more Kilpatrick? No. Oh, he did. He did get stuck into the oysters again. So, uh, we actually... Um, we actually ordered the oysters, and mm. we got the last probably two dozen oysters. Ooh. So they ran out. Oh, only Oops. two dozen. Yeah. Only no, two okay, dozen. Right. Okay. But that's to feed about eight people. So mm. that's we, there was works. there's well there's Benny Lloyd, there was uh, Joe the cameraman, there was Benny Whedon, there was Dave Stanley, there was Joshy Reynolds. Jeez, some people got uh, on the crew. Yeah. Crew. Oh yeah. There's a, there's a crew of us. There's a crew of us. So it was good. Uh, good stuff. So 22 to 14 last night. There's already a market open, by the way, with Tab for the Penrith Parramatta game next Friday night, that will be. Uh, and Penrith are $1.35 favourites. Parramatta $3.25 plus 8.5 at the line, the Eels. But, uh, gee, I'm, worried, those... I'm worried about the Panthers, Mido. Really? I, I, I'm Honestly, I'm worried. I, this resting 11 players, and I, I understand their reasons. I, I get it completely, and like I said the other day, it's like a lose-lose for the coach. If you don't rest them and one of them gets injured, you never forgive yourself. You do rest them now. You, you know, you got people like me going, "Geez, was it the right call?" I just, I reckon it's a massive call. And again, you, now you're up against Parramatta. Who? How much confidence will they take from last night? And the, as long as they all pull up fit, they got game time, they got momentum, they got confidence. I don't know. Maybe I'm just looking too closely. Um, the Panthers have been on fire, and Ivan Clear, everything he's touched has turned to gold. So maybe I'm just looking too closely. But oh, I hope for their sake they play their best footy. I hope they're not, you know, 10 minutes slow at the start, Para put two tries on them, and all of a sudden they're chasing their tail. Because then if Para play like they did last night, mm. oh, It'll be hard to chase down. Yeah, some moments last night. Clint, our man Gutho. Gutho, best Clint on ground. Clint Gutherson, outstanding. Yeah. What about scooting out a dummy half? That ball-y floated yeah. to Sevo, Loz. That was outstanding. Oh, he was perfect last night, 
Gutho, that ball was magnificent. Just turning up in the right spot at the right time. You know, his awareness of the fullback role, um, you know, he's, he's first class. He's a, he's a great leader. Um, you know that he prepares well. He encourages his team. Um, but I thought their front rowers, again, yeah. uh, just were outstanding. They led the charge. They they carried the ball strongly. They were aggressive in defence. They were offloading. They were pulling Melbourne's defensive system apart. Uh, Melbourne's scramble was there, um, but they're just not clinical in attack at the moment, Melbourne. But the Eels, I think, for 60 minutes, they were good. The last 20 minutes of that game was a little bit concerning to concede some soft points. Um, they they won't be able to do that next week against Penrith. Um, but Penrith will go into this game as, as favourites. Um, but as Clarkie said, you, they, they don't want to start slow um, because if Parramatta jump early and get a roll on, um, you know, after playing a couple of, you know, games where they got their confidence back and, and last night in particular, it was a semi-final game. It was fast, it was furious, it was tough. And when you haven't played football for two weeks, when, mm. you, you, when you're playing a game with that intensity, your lungs can be burning a lot quicker than they normally do. And you, can, you find yourself out of gas and it takes a bit longer to get your second win. And when you, when you don't get your second win early and the opposition, you know, score a, a try or two, it can put you on the back foot. So... Um, it'll be a big game. It'll be a tough game, and it's just a shame, I suppose, that we're not playing it at Bank West Stadium or a core stadium where they probably possibly could have got forty or fifty thousand people with two arch rivals playing each other. But Penrith have earned the right to have that home final. Um, I doubt whether many people will get a ticket, but what does it hold? Eighteen, twenty thousand people. Yeah, you about, would think that'd be sold out within oh, twenty-four hours. Moments. So, with that result last night, essentially week one of the finals is decided. Uh, barring, of course, a Raiders meltdown against the Tigers on Sunday afternoon, and it would take the Roosters to win by 57 points to leap above the Melbourne Storm into fifth uh, tonight. But you wonder tonight now, with you know the Storm virtually assured of finishing fifth and obviously power of locked up fourth, whether there will be some more late changes. Uh, by Well, Jason Demetrio is obviously not going to be there tonight, but he might orchestrate some more changes out of the squad uh, heading into the to, to the match and uh, Trent Robinson as well. So you're going to essentially have Penrith obviously up against Parramatta. The Sharks and the Cowboys will be the 2v3 game. It's just a matter of now where it will be played. Uh, the Sharks just need to beat Newcastle to ensure that they host in week one of the finals. Uh, then the 5v8 game looks like being the Storm and the Raiders. Intriguing game considering you know the Raiders' recent history against the Melbourne Storm as well. One of those sides like Parramatta who've really troubled the storm in recent years. And it looks like we're going to have the Roosters and the Bunnies all over again, Loz. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what both coaches do tonight, Mido, because highly unlikely that, um, you know, the Roosters are going to finish in fifth position. Um, and more than likely they're going to take on South Sydney next week. Do you, do you rest all your stars or do you, you play them for 40 minutes or do you... Um, and, and this is South Sydney as well. They've, they've got that option to do that. Um, but I reckon 40,000 people at Allianz Stadium tonight with the tradition and the rivalry that these both clubs have and the hatred they have towards one another, regardless of who they put out there, they'll want to win. And it'll be a magnificent occasion. When you've got a big crowd, it always adds to the spectacle. And it always adds, I reckon, a little bit of intensity to the contest. And 
as I said, these two teams don't need any extra motivation. They want to win. They want to take some confidence into a final series. Um, and and it'll be it'll be a magic game. It'll be a, a terrific occasion, christening the stadium. And uh, I, I just think that both teams will be hoping they come through injury-free. Formidable is the headline of the back page of the Daily Telegraph. Eels crunch storm to set up Western Sydney finals blockbuster and a picture of, well, when Mitch Moses ironed out... I think that was Kenny Bromwich, isn't it? And uh, Bromwich went off for an HIA, but uh, Mitch Moses, outstanding last night. That was a big moment. What about Will Penasini's tackle as well on Justin Ollam saved a try as well, Loz. Just their commitment all over the park. It was the good Parramatta last night. Hard to believe. It was only about five weeks ago on a Thursday night they were crunched at home by the Broncos. Since then, the two clubs have just gone in opposite directions. Yeah, they have, you know, and Parramatta were great last night. I just want to pose a question to you, though. If that was Big Nelson making that tackle last night on Kenny, Kenny Bromwich, or Jared Weir Hargraves making that tackle on Kenny Bromwich. You already know the answer. What do you answer. reckon the reaction would be this morning? You already know the answer, Loz. You could, well, hear, you... You could hear last night. Well, Mitchell Moses got smoked a couple of times. I reckon in, I reckon Big Solomon got him after a kick. I reckon he, he kicked oh, he, he it. He got put on report. He got that put was, on, that was, it, was a it was nothing. But you could hear even through the TV, the crowd, oh, the crowd were just it. absolutely gave it to him. Yeah. So, yeah, you already know if the, if the situation was reversed. I can't believe be, that was on report. Yeah, that, I didn't even think yeah. it was that late. No, no, no it was, it was just a crowd penalty. Yeah. That was a crowd, crowd penalty. And if anything, Mitchell Moses, it looked like he might have, might have hurt himself with his head hitting the ground, not the actual tackle. Mm. But, yeah. But it's amazing, isn't it, when yeah, you've got exactly. certain players involved in yeah. certain tackles, yeah. people see it differently. Yeah. Last yeah. night it was a great tackle from Mitchell Moses. And nothing said. Yeah. And I'm happy with that. But if that was Nelson or Jared Wirahargreaves, there'd be a storm this morning. People blowing up saying they're grubs. They need to be rubbed out of the game. Well, the little bloke always gets away with more as well. Number seven making a big hit. You get away with a bit yeah. more on, the, yeah. on a bigger player. That's fair play. Come oh, on. Tr- it was a sensational tackle. Yeah. Great Put hit. his body on the line, which he, which he And don't worry, he copped his fair share, Mitchell Moses, last night. I reckon, oh, I reckon he, he deserves a lot of credit for copping his punishment last night and still playing the footy he did. I, I thought he was outstanding. Mm. Olam got him a couple of times oh, just with a How big... tough is he, Loz? <laughs> oh, mate. Imagine him either running the ball at you or just lining you up. I've never seen a soft player come out of PNG. There you go. Yeah. Oh. They're just hard. Everything about them is hard. What about Freddie on the commentary saying to Mitchell, yeah, just keep going to his side, Mitchell Moses. I'm thinking, mate, I'm walking straight across the other side of the field and staying well away from that. Well, the thing with that, you know that he's going to make an error yeah. because he, he, he can't help himself. Yeah. And that's the other thing that's changed with Parramatta over the last sort of four or five weeks is their ability to be a bit more passive on the edge. They used to just race in and leave a man... Um, um, over, so 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 they they didn't sort of worry about the, the the winger. They were jamming and they'd get themselves in all sorts of bad situations. But now what they're doing on the edge, they're they're pushing forward early and hard off the line. Then they steady, and then they move out. Once the ball goes past them, then they start to turn their shoulders and move out and show the opposition the sideline. Whereas in the past, what they've been doing is coming forward, and then the outside uh, the the centre or the winger would just jam. And it just leaves them shorter numbers. But you saw last night they were more composed, they were more steady, they put a lot of work into it. 
and they were using that sideline as an extra defender, and it helped them. It helped them defend, and if they can defend like that um, over the, the next month of football, then they're a chance of winning this competition. Back page of the Sydney Morning Herald, in-demand prodigy Suali'i out of Roosters South's blockbuster is the headline there. Yes, the, the young winger won't play against his former club, South. Would have been his first match against South as well. Ruled out with a shoulder injury, apparently. Suffered in the win against the Storm last week. There's been so much focus on him this week, Loz. Uh, his future. Um, lots of stories about, you know, why Souths let him slip and leave the club. I just wonder how, to what extent is this more Trent Robinson wrap, wrapping him in cotton wool? Um, or is he actually, you know, properly injured? Oh, I think... Combination of both? Me. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, you know, if they just think that they needed to give him a rest. For a young man, he's been up a long time and playing at a very consistent level for a young man. And he's relatively first year of senior football. So I think, you know, what's been spoken about this week... I reckon Robbo's probably looking after him with his body as well, giving him that rest, getting him ready to prepare for a semi-final. So I think it's a, a good call. You know, it might have been different if they had to win this game to qualify for finals. I've got no doubt that he'd yeah, probably be playing. But the fact that they're there, combination of what's been spoken about this week and if he's got a bit of a niggle, been a long season, I think they've all you know put that in the in the pot and... They've decided that uh, the best recipe for him is to, to have a rest. Tonight, with Tab, the Swans are $2.70 outsiders. Melbourne, $1.48 favourites at the MCG qualifying final and on the back page of the Herald as well. Is this the end? Uh, the Herald posing and Lance Franklin, could this be his final finals campaign with the Sydney Swans with his contract expiring after the s- season finishes for the Swans? And it all starts tonight, so just you, you think he's this gone. Is it. This is it. This is his last year of the Swans, 100%. Yeah. And moving to Queensland. It sounds like you've got inside goss. No, I don't have inside goss. I just go on with my gut. I just think if he was staying, uh, a contract would be signed, a new contract would be signed. And I like what the Swans and Buddy are done. They've said, look, we're just going to wait to the end of the season, but. No-brainer. And I don't think he'll retire, no matter what. Even the Swans win the flag, I don't think he'll retire. I think he, he believes he's got at least another year, most probably two seasons in him. Yeah, I think they're trying to be respectful to each other. Yeah. Uh, I think they've just put the contract talks on hold, and I think if Buddy was going to stay with the Swans, he would have made a decision yeah. by now. He certainly made his decision that he wants to continue to play. And I think that salary cap, they probably can't pay him what he can get at another club. Um, so I'm a bit like Clarkie. I, I, I think he's off. I think this will be the last the last hurrah for, for Buddy as a swan. And the other thing is, though, Mido, they, you know, they know if you know, you're talking about going to other clubs, it's a distraction for the team and they want to focus in and have no distractions on winning a competition. So I, I, I reckon it's his last season with the Swans and I don't know where he's going to go. I reckon Gold Coast. I reckon Gold just Coast. the lifestyle with his family, mm. live up there on the water, nice, bit bit more chilled than, than Sydney. I think you'll see him sign with the Gold Coast. Just on the beach at Burley there. Yeah, most probably. Mm. Somewhere nice. Also back page of the Herald, Wallaby stick solid. Hooper set to miss NZ. So uh, we've got a great weekend of footy in Sydney. And sold Al- out. Allianz Stadium sold out yeah. tonight, of course. Sold out tomorrow night for the awesome. Wallabies and the Springboks. 
And Dave Rennie, the Wallabies coach, has named the same starting 15 for the first time since he's been there as coach for that sold-out test at Allianz. The only change is on the bench where Jake Gordon, uh, the Waratahs scrum half, comes in for Tate McDermott, who's the red scrum half. Uh, South Africa have made eight changes, but uh, also the Herald saying that Michael Hooper uh, is out of the two Bledisloe Cup tests that are looming after this match against the Springboks. Rennie said he's not going to comment on where he's at, but he's on the improve, and they're not going to rush him. I reckon with Michael Hooper, Loz, he almost just say, mate, take the rest of the year off. World Cup near, year next year. Yeah, we're unsure of, you know, what, you know, well, we know he's struggling with mental health reasons, so I don't know how you can tell when someone's right um, from the outside, you've got to obviously ask the person, check in with the person. And if he's just not feeling okay at the moment, there's really no point. You're better off to sort of give him the rest of the year off and get him to come back fit and fresh next year for the World Cup. Because if Australia are going to do anything in the World Cup, they'll need Michael Hooper. He's our best player. Yeah, he's a gun. Uh, actually, sorry from a distance down in Manly the other day. It looked really relaxed, so... Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure he'll be back in Wallabies colours, though, heading into that World Cup next year. No doubt about that. Uh, and uh, here's one for you, Loz, on the text line. Went to the camouflage convention down at Darling Harbour yesterday. Didn't see anyone there. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's one for your Friday morning. I'm surprised. Uh, Loz. You're not a yeah, too early for me, you know, <laughs> after coming off the Matty John show last night, mate. Too early. Usually, I'd laugh at that. Yeah. Well, the countdown to Father's Day is on. Two days until Loz gets spoiled at home by uh, the family. Uh, Loz, uh, any any hints as to what sort of treats you're going to be, you know, showered with on Sunday morning? Uh, nothing at this stage, Bido, but I do know that um, my daughter's working on a Father's Day and my son, I'm unsure of what he's doing, but he did say he was going out Saturday night. So there'll be nothing happening Sunday morning. <laughs> zero happening from Will. Uh, <laughs> I got a similar sort of. I'm a bit oh, like your kids. Now, so yeah, listen to yeah. this. You know I'm close to my old man, and he's probably yep. listening. But he come up and well, he said he'd come to see me on Tuesday night. He had some work in Sydney. He didn't come to see me. He come to see my daughter. But then after Radio Wednesday, I raced home and caught him for an hour before he left. So he. I just politely said, oh, what's the plan for Father's Day? And he's living down not far from now, is it, Kalala Beach. He said, oh, come down and sit on the couch with me. And I'm like, Dad, I'm not driving two and a half hours to see you twice in a week. I never see you twice in a week. And he's like, mate, you're unbelievable. I go, well, you've come up. I wish you happy Father's Day. What do you want? Do you want a bottle of bourbon or what do you need? I'll give you a present now, but... I'm trying to just squeeze my way out of seeing him on Sunday. Surely that's fair play, though, Mido. Send him a swish. Yeah, I'll do a video <laughs> yes. for him. <laughs> but mate, I've seen him. I've seen him. I've given him a, hu- a hug. I've said Happy uh, Father's Day. Surely I don't need to go again. Twice in a week what, is pup, too much for your old man. I, I tell you what, mate. Go and see him. No way. Drive mate, and see him. Mate, it's two and a half hours down there. Just get the chopper. Oh. Get the yeah. <laughs> go to the chopper. <laughs> All right, joining Loz. By the way, Loz is at the Banjo Patterson Inn there at Jindabyne as part of the Kosciuszko Tour. And the great Josh Reynolds is backing up. He's, a, he's just a champion. What's the echo going on with our radio as well? Uh, Everyone's blowing up about it. Yeah, Can we fix the echo? We've, 
We've told the techies. What's going on here, Mitter? The techies are onto it. Uh, Is it like, hello, hello, hello? Is it like that type of echo? Apparently. (laughs) Joshy, how are you, mate? We'll have to turn his microphone uh, on. Uh, seriously, Here we go. Fire this morning. Joshy, sort your headphones out, mate. Sorry, mate. Sorry, I thought we were on. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, Mido, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I woke up not, not too long ago and I put on about eight jackets because I thought it was going to be snowing, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Any snow down there, buddy? I've got a shirt and shorts on now. I'm sweet. <laughs> oh, Loz has got the phone on. He's got a photo from yeah, 1937 where it, it snowed first time hey, in 100 hey, boys, years. Boys, I said it just snows in Jindabong. Uh, yeah, yeah, you did. I can't believe you didn't pack your snowboard, Joshy. <laughs> I honestly thought I was going to ski to, to the pub. Oh, he was soft last night, Reynolds. I expected more of the kid. He didn't lift. He have a night off, did he? Well, he, he, he turned up, but he was home early. And then he told me he's had a good seven, eight hours sleep. Mm. Oh, mate, yeah, he's in, show this morning, he's in mate. training, mate. He's got well, radio this morning. He's got... Um, you at the gym? Did you two go to the gym yesterday? We did. Mm. We went to the Love gym. It. And I'll tell you what, I've never seen Josh lift as many weights <laughs> as he go. did yesterday. I didn't know he was a real... Yeah. Just trying to put he on liked, a few he liked kilos. To throw the tin was. around. Yeah, yeah no, I was strutting around the gym. I was trying not. I, I I usually look in the mirror a little bit more, but I was trying not to with Loz. <laughs> well, hard for two of you to stand in front <laughs> of the mirror. I'll tell you what, I have no doubt about. What? Loz would have seen Josh. Would have you know Josh would have had a fair bit on the bench, and mm. Loz would have been there going. I got this. Yeah, I got this. No, no, I'll, just, I'll, sh- just, I'll show you, youngster. You know just, what I did? Just leave that on, Josh. Yeah. You yeah. know what I did? I had to put extra on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put another 10 on. <laughs> don't, tell Gus, don't, don't tell Gus that, boys. Come on. Strong, strong. Now, okay. It's time for the Sticky Wings Big Sports Breakfast Multi. And it is Loz and Josh who've got their heads together and they've come up. With this multi. So I'll hand it over to you, fellas. You've sacked me after a win. That's fine. I'm cool with that, provided you win. Now, Josh last year was in charge. I remember when we went to Mudgee Cup, mm. and he sweated all day. Yeah. He took this very personally. <laughs> so go for it, fellas. What have you got for us? Well, Josh, you tell them your leg first. Right, boys. So my, my leg is... On Saturday at Ramick, race seven, number four, Profondo, to to get a place. No, no you're top four. Top, oh, four. top four. Yeah, oh, it's top four in the uh, tramway. So, so Joshy's race seven, number four, Profondo, top four. Um, now, I am going Sydney, race eight, number one, Moanga, top four. Now, Moanga, last start, ooh, jeez, is a concern, but... He's a horse with plenty of ability, and I think he can bounce back yeah. tomorrow. And then we've also got Davo is throwing in one as well. So Davo's throwing in race five, number two, Eduardo, to run top two. Oh, we've got a so three-legged. three-legged multi tomorrow. So there we go, Mido. And, it's and pay- that's paying five, five bucks. Five bucks. That's a banker multi. You've got three, you know... Highly credentialed horses in Eduardo, Profondo, and Moanga. Top two Eduardo. Well, it's heavy favourite in the race as it is. Uh, Profondo, top four, coming out of a good run last start there for the tramway. Moanga, top four uh, for the Chelmsford 
coming off a failure first up, but we know the class of that horse as well. So $5, courtesy of Sticky Wings, on the Tab app, the Tab website. Just click on Sport and Today's Offers, and there it will be. The Big Sports Breakfast best give it strength. Also, fellas, Jersey Day today. So a reminder, we had uh, Gowie on yesterday, um, and uh, it's all about organ donation. And uh, Gowie was really, really passionate in speaking about it yesterday. Uh, lost someone close to him, young young boy, 13 years of age a few years ago. And uh, so it's something that, you know, we probably don't have enough of a conversation about, pup. And, yeah, uh, uh, you know, we want to put pressure on the government for it to be an opt-out rather than an opt-in for organ donation because, uh, yep, let's face it, yeah, the like lives it. he could save. Yeah, I like it, Mita. And I just think the right now for a lot of us, it's the conversation around it. I think the fact if we can... Um, promote it as much as possible just to start the conversation. I, I think you'll find there's a lot of people um, out there that don't look too much, don't, don't think too much about it. Um, mm. You know, when you pass, you, you know, you pass. But I, I don't think there's enough convo about, you know, the opportunity um, to donate organs to, uh, to help others and particularly young boys and young girls. So, yeah, I think Gowie's obviously doing a great job, wonderful ambassador, and spoke very well about it yesterday. Mm. So, yeah, at least we can do I think there's a number of charities uh, in, in general that, you know, just the conversation around it builds awareness um, and then allows people to be able to find a way to help. We, we probably don't do that enough, so this is certainly one of them. Uh, now, on the text line, morning, boys, I don't think the Storm will be too upset with last night's result. They'll get a home game against the Raiders. Then if they win, we'll play the loser of a brutal Eels-Panthers clash. And goes on to say, Lozza is right. It definitely snows in Jindy. Years ago, they had to grade the snow of the field before the Snowy River Bears played. Have a great day. The Tartra Eagles sending that one through. Uh, but Josh, what did you make of last night's game, mate? How much of it did you see? 22-14, to 14, the Eels over the storm. Clint Gutherson, superb. Mitch Moses... Huge impact as well, but the two big boys up front, Regan Campbell, Gillard and Junior Paolo, really set the platform for the Eels. Yeah, Mido, mate, I thought it was a huge statement. Um, you know, as you said on the show, I think Para had to win um, if there were any chance of winning the grand final. But, yeah, those two big boys just laid a massive, massive platform. And honestly, I, Gutho just gets better and better. And it seems the bigger the occasion, the, the, the better he is. He... He's got a knack for just knowing exactly where to be on the field at all times. It seems you find some fullbacks, uh, you know, when they're running these sort of block plays. And, you know, a guy like uh, Lane at the moment is poking his nose through, seems to miss, miss the offload. But Gutho, he always seems to be there. Mitch Moses was awesome, I thought, running, running a lot, um, taking the line on. And, yeah, Dylan Brown, he's just he's stepping up. Mm. I, I've always... I've always thought myself watching him as a player Dylan Brown that he was probably the best defender as a half I've seen in a long time if you watch him he's always getting in front he's he's real strong he gets in tight but that left foot step it's um you know when he gets those four on four opportunities he's nearly taking them all the time and that's where I think Para are playing so well at the moment they're just counting the numbers playing that second phase sort of football and as we said yesterday Loz that's the way to that's the way to beat Penrith, I think, with that second phase type of footy. Well, it breaks up the best defensive structures. That, that's the thing about offloading. It's a risk, but sometimes you've got to take that risk against good opposition sides to, 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 to bring them out of their, their shape in, in defence. And 
when they're going forward and they, they run hard and they're bouncing off people, they offload, move the ball off the back of that, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's tough for the opposition because it feels like you're defending, not six tackles, it feels like you're defending nine tackles in every set. And it wears you out. And if you can hang on to the ball by doing that, it just puts so much pressure on an opposition team at the back end of the game or after 10 or 15 minutes and they're struggling to get their second win. And I, I felt that last night. You, and you talk about Gutho with his support play. He does it better than any other fullback. When they run those sweep plays and they hit the back rower, you watch a lot of players, they'll continue to run that arc. Mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll, they'll run out the back like a sweep, but they'll keep going on that arc run. Whereas Gutho's got the anticipation and the reaction that he stops and he's able to pivot and come straight in short support or close support. And that's where he's able to pick up those offloads off guys like Papa Lee and also Sean Lane. Whereas most other fullbacks, when they do it, they miss out the opportunity mm. if it's a short ball to the back rower the, the back row is looking for someone, but the fullback's gone on that arc run. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but, but he reacts really good to the short ball of the back rower. He pivots, he stops, and then straightens and comes in close support. And if the back rower can offload the ball, he's there. And well, that's I, the difference between him and some of the other fullbacks in the game with the support play. Oh, that's the thing, Oz. I actually... I think Para are that much in sync as a team that they've got set sort of set, not set plays, but they call. It might be a play, and they know Laney's going to run a certain line, and Guffo knows. Because I've, I've been at the back of plays sometimes, and no matter what, sometimes you just can't get there. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm anywhere near the support player as Guffo, but it's it's hard. It's, it's hard to anticipate it sometimes. So I just think between the spine, they're just talking that much, and they're, and they're all in sync that sometimes Guffo just knows. He knows they're running, uh, Lane's going to run that outline. Yeah on the half, so he's got to be on the left-hand side or he's got to be on the inside, but sometimes it is, it's just anticipation and, and he's the best at it, he's positional play, I, I don't think the ball ever hits the ground, as a kicker you know, from the other team you, you rarely see them find space, and that's probably I don't think I've seen anyone as good probably since Slater, mm. to be honest, at the moment, Gutho, he's just he's on fire, he looks in the zone, and yeah, para are a big, big threat now. You, you look at the, the numbers from last night's game and you, you look at the starting front rowers. Both of them had 20 carries for Parramatta. And they, you know, Campbell Gillard played 64 minutes and Polo played close to 50 minutes, but 21 carries and 20 carries respectively. That's enormous workload. It's huge. Like in... I heard Joey in the call say something along the lines of the two big boys in pre-season... Um, we're getting in a bit early uh, to go for for jogs or, or walks just to keep their weight down, and and that that itself from from front rowers who you know usually the guys who have to look after their weight and you know probably don't have the best diets for them to be going in early every day it sets a it sets a tone for the whole team. Mm. You feel if if my front rowers were doing that every every morning at preseason, I would feel I have to go and do something to better myself. Yeah. So maybe that's where. The back end of the season, I think last week Paris said they had uh, in, it come out in the press that they had a, a turning point where they all just said, "Look, enough's enough." We had an honesty session and we got to change. So maybe they've all come in and said, "Look, let's all do something that's going to make us better every day." Well, you look at the way they're attacking, but then also look at the way they've defended the last three weeks. And when you look at 
you know, the score lines that they've put on sides, but also the numbers that they've limited the opposition to scoring. So they, they stopped the Bulldogs, who have been in good form. They, they'd limited them to six, and they limited the Broncos to six, and last night they limited the, the Storm to 14. Mm. But those 14 points came in the last sort of 15 yeah, minutes, which was over. You know, Brad Arthur would be a little bit concerned that they didn't play for the full 80 minutes. But what are you seeing with this Parramatta team, not only with the, with the football, but without the football? Because I, I think they're defending differently on the edge. And they're not panicking. In the past, when sides have got a bit of momentum and rolling through the middle, they look to play to the edge. The centre and the winger, they couldn't help themselves but jam. Mm. Now, what they're doing, they're pushing forward and they're being more steady. And they're working from the inside out rather than the outside in and using that sideline as a defender. What do you see with Parramatta's defence that's impressed you over the last three weeks? Yeah, well, you, you know what, Lodz? The perfect example of what you're exactly talking about in last night's game from the opposite team, Melbourne, was when Gutho got out of dummy half, just went to the line and threw a ball over the top, but the winger jammed in on the centre for no reason. It was, it was probably about 30, 40 metres out. You had grass behind you, but he felt he had to come in because of their... You know, their structures, Melbourne structures, they're always jamming, as you see. But I know exactly what you're saying about para. That when I used to play para, they were very jammy with... with, Fergie, with couldn't Jen, help well, Jennings. <laughs> very, but Jenko was actually fairly, yeah. very, very good at it. Yeah. But yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. It's, I think they're that fit at the moment in the middle that their line speed is allowing the edges a lot more time. Because that's what happens, right? If, you're, if your forwards are getting up that fast and, re- and releasing the guy next to you, it, it becomes man on man, mm. even when you're a man down. And as we're saying, like Campbell Gillard and, and Paulo and, and Madison and the whole middle just seem to be getting up fast and giving the edges a lot more time to make decisions. And yeah, I think they've gone back and had a look and said, look, boys, if, we, if we're giving you this time in the middle, don't be jamming. Not all the time. Sometimes you have to. Yeah. On the trial line, you have just to. explain to people when you talk about grass behind you, because that's a footy term mm. that yeah, yeah, we sorry, use. Yeah. But... When you talk about grass behind, what does that mean? So when we say grass behind, it's it's so like last night's a perfect example. I'm not sure who who the winger was who jammed for Melbourne, but he had, he had 40 meters of grass behind him. Yeah. So really, you don't need to jam. You can give up ground. You can give up, you can give up some ground for you know for the opposition to take to give your inside men some time to come across and help you. But if you're on the try line, you've obviously got no grass behind you yeah. because they either fall over the line or they throw the, throw the ball over the top and the wing scores. And that's where you need to be aggressive. And that's where you, and, and you, you need to be aggressive a lot of the time there. You, you want to make the decision for them because you don't want to give the, the fullbacks like the Guffersons, like the Travoyevichs, time. Because if they make you know, the right option on a three-on-two, it, it's try time. But yeah, if, if you have got that grass behind you, well, well why are you going to jam all the time? Because you make the decision for them, as, as last night it happened, and Sivo scored. He shouldn't have scored there. He should have had... It was four on four. A should have been able to get to the ball player, and that was it. Okay, the multi's open. It's paying $5, and uh, Loz and Josh have put their heads together. They've got race five, number two, Eduardo in the Concord. Top two, race seven, number four, Profondo in the tramway to run top four, and race eight, number one, Mwanga in the Chelmsford to run top four, and that is $5. $5, tab app, tab website. Just click on sport. And today's offers. So uh, just uh, the DS 
oyster count last night, Josh? Uh, how much of a dent did he put in it? He, he didn't go as hard as the night before, but I think maybe two. Two dozen was, was it? I think we had two dozen, but mm. they were shared. Oh, they between... ran out, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was, it was shared between about what six or seven of us. He was still he was he wasn't happy that he was sharing. He's not a good share every day. Yes, he, he wanted. I could tell. I was, I was sort of leading over to go, and he just gave him the side eye. It was a bit of a side eye. <laughs> he loves to kill Patrick though. Yeah, I just think he likes the bacon. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> Take the bacon off the top and leave the oyster. <laughs> <laughs> well. Josh is going to join us again after 7 o'clock this morning. So we'll get your thoughts on tonight's game. The Roosters and the Bunnies that are sold out. Allianz Stadium, can't wait for that. Sold out tomorrow night. The Wallabies and the Springboks. And uh, oh, gee, what's the 6 o'clock game tonight? The Dogs. Your Dogs up against Manly as well. Well, uh, they're always your Dogs, aren't the main, they, Josh? The main event. The main event, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's the 6 o'clock game tonight. I mean, Manly queuing the rack three weeks ago. That should be... That should be it. We all tip the dogs in that game. Well, I got made to tip the dogs. I think I went walkabout. Uh, I think we did that with Blocker, and I I was already took the headphones off. So okay, what's your tip in the dogs manly game? Well, I think I'm going manly, but Will just told me I was going Marky. for the dogs. I was like, what? Nah, Josh, you know, I, I couldn't care less about the dogs this year. Next year, different different story. When you've got the 14 jersey on or the 6 jersey on, different story. But right now, nah, I couldn't care less about the dogs. I'm going manly. I'm going manly for Desi's sake. What I feel a, sorry for Desi. What a grub, grub. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm, next next season, mate, Dog's probably my second favourite. But right now, Dog's are nowhere without Joshy Reynolds. <laughs> give him a contract. If you want my support, give him a contract. It's not that hard. We've got to get Josh to take you to Belmore to some of his favourite eating haunts. Oh, mate, Belmore, yeah. round the corner. Mate, <clears throat> Bankstown Oval. Played a lot of cricket there. Don't worry about that. What is the mate. go-to, Josh? Kebab oh, of some to... sort, surely. Uh, Good kebabs kebab. in Bankstown, mate. Talking about kebabs. Good Josh kebabs. Josh and I had a kebab had for a lunch yesterday. yesterday yeah, how good? After our work. Yeah, it wasn't, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't as... Um, it was a different kebab. It was different, yeah. It wasn't a Belmore kebab. No. What'd you go no. for? Beef, chicken, <coughs> lamb? What'd you go Both. for? Mixed. It was a, bit of, it was a mixed. mixer. Yeah. 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 Oh, you got to get yeah. the mixed. I don't go the yeah. mixer. I go the beef kebab. Yeah. I think the go-to in Belmore, you know, would have to be... It's called Joe Bell's Cafe. Ooh. It's um, it's yeah, it's well, it's good because it's for play for players and NX players. It's ten dollars for anything you want. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa. You just opened it up for anything you want is ten bucks, <laughs> mate. Ten bucks. <laughs> what? I've I've, well, I mean. I've been going I've been going there a fair bit I've been going I there a fair bit lately because I haven't actually haven't got a job at the moment. So <laughs> <laughs> ten bucks feet is beautiful. But All you no, can eat. Ten dollars, pretty much. Oh, and didn't the didn't some of the boys absolutely take advantage of that? Oh, oh no. big Sam Cassiano oh. would finish the session oh. and lick his lips and go. <laughs> go to Joe Bill's boys. <laughs> How do they make money? Ah, uh, she's just a lovely lady. Looking after the boys. Oh, right, you looked look, after his, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I do. Actually, yeah, very close yeah. to him. Very close to Joe. Well, Joe signed jersey or something. <laughs> they shook hands once. <laughs> big sports Great breakfast photo. cap, yeah. BSB cap, and. Yeah, I'll bring, I'll bring him a, a cosy to a hat. Yeah. That's what I'm going to bring her, a cosy to a hat. 
All right. Deliciously flaky pastry on top of bottom, which is rolled extra thin, a filling of 100% lean Aussie beef. I'm talking about Garlo's pies, the only pies you should be putting on your plate. Garlo's pies are simply bursting with flavour, and there's heaps of flavours to choose from. And here's a thought. Take a night off from cooking. Grab a Garlo's family pie for the whole crew. They're available in all Coles and Woolworth stores. Remember, we are located in the chilled meals section. If you can't find us, ask for Garlo's pies by name. Garlo's pies, they're thin on pastry. They're big on meat. Match in the Premier League this morning, and it is 1-0. Manchester United are leading Leicester. Sancho scored after 23 minutes, 81 minutes gone in that match. Uh, now, did England and South Africa start their third and deciding test? No, that's tonight. Mm. Tonight that begins. One all. Um, so England unchanged mm. for that. That's at the Oval. And, uh, yeah, so that's one all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Both teams have won by an innings yep. in the first two tests. Big test match. Um, Jamie Rogers, morning to you. Yeah, good morning, guys, and good morning to all of our listeners. Loz and Josh, I saw some social media videos of you guys out last night. Well, not out, out, but just doing an NRL preview, and it looked like a lot of fun at the venue that you were at. Yeah, well, we definitely weren't out, out. I was home very early, as Loz says, Jamie. Gee. Can you just send me that? Can you send me those videos just in case? <laughs> he hasn't approved. We were a bit nervous when you said videos, JR. We were yeah. sort of looking at each other. Racing. <laughs> oh, well, boys, I do like your multi. You've done yes. very well. Yeah, well, it was a bit of. Um, well, Will was freaking out because we had no reception <laughs> between Queenbean and Jindabyne. And we get to Jindabyne and there's. Messages, where's the multis? What horses have you got? So we, we had to rush them through to get a price and to get it all sorted. But we, we got there eventually. Mm-hmm. Well we thought out, though. It was well thought well out. Thought out yeah. Yeah. How well did you come up with yours? Uh, I can't tell you my source, mate. Sorry. Mm. But it, was, it, was, uh, it is from a source. Right. Very good source. Very yeah. good source. You, you know what? I'll give you, I'll give you him. We've, we spoke about him yesterday on the show. Ooh. Right. Mm. Sit on that and, and maybe by the end of the cows show. No. <laughs> Not cows, no. No, no. You'll get it. I think you'll get it. I'll, I'll, I'll drop right. a few more hints. All right. Drop a few more hints throughout mm. the morning. Jay, are you wearing your Roosters jersey today? Good to see. I am. Well, it's jersey day, guys, and I can see uh, Loz and Josh have got the jerseys hanging on their table as well. And it's not about raising funds this day. It's all just about raising awareness. We had Gowie on the show yesterday who is doing really great work for this charity, but it's all about raising awareness about the importance of becoming an organ, an organ and tissue donor. And it's just on your license. So you need to opt in, and they're just trying to – change the laws around that to make it an opt-out process instead. So just opt in so that you can save a life. It is just so important. And yes, so I am wearing my Roosters jersey. And of course, they're playing tonight at Allianz Stadium. And actually, speaking of videos, boys, I'm not pulling you two into this, but I spoke about this yesterday, about that video of Dustin Martin that emerged, which I just thought the timing was incredible, that it was actually, it's come out, guys, that video was from back in 2015. So this was, yes, so just to refresh our listeners' mind, that was that video of Dustin Martin who grabbed a topless woman from behind. She's sitting on a man's lap and then he sort of walks off and he's laughing. The video comes out on the day that they're in an elimination final and it turns out it is from 2015. It wasn't at a strip club. They haven't said where it was. They just said it it definitely wasn't at a strip club and it wasn't an event that was organised by the club. But see, uh, AFL have said, look, they're not going to say yet whether he's going 
going to be punished over the incident because they haven't spoken to the woman. They don't know what her relationship is to her, what her views are around the circumstance. And so it's still a little bit murky, but I just find it amazing. A 2015 video emerges the day of elimination. I'm not condoning the behavior, but I always just think that these scandalous videos seem to pop up at interesting times of the year. Oh, imagine being in isolation for a week again, Clarkie. COVID. Well, it depends. Depends. At least for Cook's theories mm. with his family. I'd well, rather that than be sitting in a hotel room on my own. Oh, yeah. Cookie, morning, mate. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you going? Yeah, really well, thanks. Now, in fact, straight off the bat, we've got Josh Reynolds there with uh, the great Loz in Jindabyne. So have you two got any beef on the field that you need? Please just sort it out publicly <laughs> right here and now. Josh, what did you do to him? Mm, well, I'm not, I'm not talking to Damien, boys, so... Oh, there is some beef. What's happened? <laughs> nah, I'm joking. Me cook you good mates. Hey, why, every, why do you think I've got beef with everyone? <laughs> every well, single you, person. Josh, you tell us. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Cookie, Cookie, back me up here, mate. <laughs> Come on, something. He's one of my all-time favourite clubs at Scrubby, so I was uh, some of my best times on and off the field at the Docks. Uh, so I was, um, yeah, that's why it was such a great time at that club. It was probably off the back of a lot of work he'd done on and off the field. How are you feeling, Cookie? Is, um, and in regards to not playing this game, is that precautionary as much as uh, anything or have you been quite sick with COVID? Um, yeah, so I was just testing for like during game day. Uh, we do one in the morning, so there's no surprise at the game when we do one. Yeah. Um, I was about to go from my nap, playing the later game, and just walk past it and seeing it was positive. And I was, um, so I did another one. My wife did one as well, and both came out positive. So um, the next couple, that night and then a couple of days were, were a bit rough, nowhere near as bad as the first mm-hmm. time. But, um, yeah, it got better each day. And the little one's good, and, and Willow handled it well. So it's, um, now we're out today, which is good. Yeah, well, that is good, Cookie. You're, you're out. But if they had to change the rules to, to five days isolation, do you think you would have been right to play? No, I don't think so. Um, no. You know, I was talking obviously when I was going to change, but I wasn't didn't have any running or training under my belt, and not that that was um, you know any other anything else you could probably do that. But um, I found COVID last time. The first it took me just a couple of runs to to get going again, and um, found the fitness and all that come back straight away. But I wasn't going to turn up just. On a game like today, um, and just without no training, just the boys are there. Um, there's plenty of guys there that can do a great job, so um, they've had a good week of training and ready to go tonight. Cookie, mate, huge game for you boys in, in the big scheme of things. And uh, I was just thinking off air just before, massive rivalry between between you know Seas and the Roosters always have been. Do you how do how do your boys go with? With the whole rivalry thing, I know for me, whenever I was playing a, a big game, a rivalry game, sometimes I think it, it got the better of me. How do you think you boys go with the whole rivalry thing and, and keeping, you know, your heads around the game plan and making sure you, you just get to the game and do what you need to do? Yes, there's something different about this one. I, I remember when I come to the club and they spoke about the rivalry, I had no idea what it really meant and didn't really have much interest in it because I hadn't grown, you know, uh, grown up a South supporter either. So, um, you know, but the fans are the ones that get behind it the most and the amount of tension and the build-up throughout the week um, just slowly grows. And then once you get out there, you can just feel it. It is like playing semi-final football no matter what time of the year we play. Um, we're out there just trying to bash each other and see who can hold on the longest. And, um, you know, I think it's um, sometimes 
I think it's pretty easy to stick to the game plan just because um, it's such a big game and we, and we want to make sure we win no matter how we win, whereas by um, two or by you know 30, we just want to make sure we get the wood over them and um, especially for the fans so they can walk around uh, that area and um, hold their heads high. So it's, it's one that they make sure, you know, we don't win the comp. As long as we beat them throughout the year, they're, they're pretty happy. <laughs> Cookie, what did you make of the game last night, mate? Para looked really good. Um, geez, if you or when, assuming things go to plan for you boys, when you come up against them, they're going to be, they're going to be tough to beat. They are, mate. Um, we've obviously had some luck against them in the past most recently. Um, they're, they're a great side. And if, if you let them score first and even score a couple of tries, mm. the confidence they get within that group and the way they play is just... Um, yeah, I believe they're, they're going to be hard to stop, and they're a real good chance. You know, they've had the wood on Penrith as well, and they've got them yeah. next week, so it's going to be a great first semi-final. But for the great game of footy by Para, uh, I thought Mitch Moses did a great, great job with his kicking games. Continually kept kept him in the corner. I think Sean Lane's footy lately has just been outstanding as well. So I think that right across the park, they're playing some really good footy, and uh, no, they're definitely going to be a threat. Um, in, you know, the next few weeks. Not only are you missing through COVID. Uh, Cookie, but your coach is missing as well. Who, who takes over there? Uh, I think Benny Hornby will take over tonight. Um, we've got John Morris there as well, so both those guys will share a bit of that role. Uh, but all the boys, um, sh- they should know what, what they're doing by now this time of year, mate. So, you know, they'll, uh, they just won't have the, the coach's speech before the game, but, you know, there's plenty of leaders there, Latrell, Cody, Cam, so um, I'm sure they'll have they'll get needs what's said, get done, and... Um, Get out there, and tonight's really important about the boys just um, worrying about playing South Sydney footy, like Grubby said before. Not letting this rivalry too much get um, get in the middle of things. We want to make sure we're prepping really good for the finals next week and, and playing our footy, uh, and that's the most important thing because that's what's going to win us the games next week and, and from there. Cookie, uh, Saliva Havili is filling the big shoes of, of, your, of yourself tonight, mate. Do you do you as a, te- as a team have to change the style of play now because you know you're, I know you're an explosive runner and you know Saliva's a, a totally different player or do you just have the same game plan, mate, just to, to roll through teams? No, it's pretty much the same game plan. Uh, I think we've uh, Pete Ramzoulis as well on the bench. Um, I think Saliva will start and you know being a, a bit of a, a really good job at lock this year as well. I think. If he can get out and run when he can, and just um, and then feed the other boys through the middle and, and be strong in D, um, and him just blow out, go as long as he can, and then um, Pete come on and um, he'll be a bit, a bit more crafty around the ruck and more of a traditional nine. So, uh, which will also give Sleeve a small break and then get back on at lock because he's been doing a really good job there for us. So, uh, I don't think too much will change. Uh, would like to take the battle on through the middle. Uh, that's where our forwards have been playing really good footy this year, and we've got to take it to their forwards. I thought. Um, Big reason why Roosters were so good last week against Melbourne was because of their forward pack, uh, Hargraves especially. So uh, I think that's where the battle will be won tonight, and then we'll let the outside backs battle it out out there. Uh, Cookie, we're talking about Penrith uh, all, all this week, but then this morning I mentioned oh, I'm a little nervous with them resting 11 players, and I understand their reasoning and makes a lot of sense. But from your perspective as a player, is it hard? Uh, when you have a week off to to hit the ground running, to come in as a team or as an individual, and again you're in the exact same situation now. You're not playing this week. You come back in next week. Can you walk straight up, out onto that field and be a hundred percent and and ready to go, or does it take a bit of time to to get into the game? Because I just feel eleven players missing for Penrith. They could just start a fraction slow. Yeah, no doubt they they might start a bit a fraction slow um, against the quality side they're playing this mm. week too. So they're going into next week. Um, 
obviously a lot of them have played a lot of footy, so the one week off shouldn't be too bad, um, you know, especially for a side like those guys. They seem pretty disciplined out there in what they're doing. Um, for me, you know, one one week off last week was enough. I, I would have liked to have played, would have loved to have played tonight for many yeah. reasons. Um, but you know, just take the positives out of it um, and just and you know rest the body and be fresh to go in the finals because it has been a lot of footy played this year. Cookie, you mentioned Jared were a Hargreaves before, and we loved the battle between him and Nelson last weekend. When Jared plays against South Sydney, is there one particular forward he like he, he goes after in the South Sydney pack? Um, it used to be Sam. There used to be a good battle there always between those two. Yeah. Um, other than that, it was pretty much, I think, Hargraves is four arms around me, I think, uh, just when he's running. <laughs> <up today. laughs> so that's pretty standard for most front rowers that run, run my way. So um, I think um, he's definitely the enforcer of their side and, and the quicker we can you know, try and win that battle with him. He, he definitely lays a good platform, and that's what I thought he did last week. It was, um, you know, between him and Nelson, it was uh, it was good to watch him. I'm sure everyone was just glad they left it between those two and no one else. Well, this is a big moment for you, Cookie, because you're going from the midweeks to the big time and uh, giving us a Saturday tip. So what have you got for us? Oh, well, I was going to go today. Uh, okay, today's uh, fine. <laughs> oh, he's chickened out. He's, you put the pressure on him and he's backed away. Well, it's only because he's You folded easily, Cookie. He's confident about one. I don't care where and when it's running. What have you got? No, I was at Wyong, um, and it's race seven, number eight. Bit of value, too. Uh, oh, it's so. in the cup. It's the Wyong Cup today. Race seven, number eight is Durston. Barrier 10, James McDonald, Chris Wallace, $7. And two twenty the place. In the Wyong Gold Cup today, so race seven, number eight, Durston. That's the one, Cookie. That's the one. Hey, Grubby, do you remember when I um, first signed at South out of Cronulla RSL? Um, not. Why? What's where are you going with this, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Go on, continue, Cookie. Now me, uh, Josh Morris, and I think Jared McInerney all went down uh, end of season to. Um, Josh took us for a few beers, grabbed me down the Cronulla RSL, and I was a few deep, and then that's when the phone rang for where I'd do agree to South Sydney or not. So that's when he, they got me in a good time. So. Ah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, but yeah, I won't say what you actually, actually said to me before the phone call because <laughs> South fans won't be happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was a great social director, Grubby, isn't he? He was. He was. Yeah. He was um, He's in charge of the Trip Away. Really, you see a spring in his step. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my me, me phone's actually blowing up at the moment. Uh, that's why I only have to decide, like you know, whether to play or I should. I've had, I've had a lot of social director <laughs> opportunities. <laughs> Even the um, the old Snowy River Bears asked me last night, but yeah, I I had to kindly decline because I've just got many many offers. <laughs> <laughs> Cookie, uh, looking forward to seeing you back next week, mate. Cheers, guys. Thank you, Ali Mosley from Sky Racing. Morning to you, Ali. Good morning, Meadow. How are you going? Yeah, really well, thank you. And uh, very excited about tomorrow when you get the likes of Zaki and Eduardo resuming. What track and weather conditions are we expecting? And how do you expect those two stars to go when they return tomorrow? So we're on a soft seven at the moment. And I'm looking out my window. I don't live very far from Ranswick. And we don't have rain, but it is expected. I can't imagine that we would get enough rain to tip us into the, into the heavy conditions. But... You never know with how it's been lately. So I'd say we will be 
around that soft seven mark, maybe we'll tick over onto a heavy eight, but we'll just wait and see. I'm hoping not because it'd be nice to be racing in the soft range for another week, particularly if we've got a week of rain coming up post this. Um, there's a few horses that I'm pretty keen to see returning, none more so, of course, than Eduardo and Zaki, but another one is She's Extreme. So mm. we saw her, of course, come out and win that group one last preparation, and she was running in really strong company and pretty unlucky, especially in the Golden Slipper. And I've seen her, I went and saw her in the stables a couple of weeks ago before she had her first trial, and she looked like she had a bit of improvement to come. She came out and trialed, and when I saw her at the track gallop that she had at Rose Hill last weekend, she looked a different horse. So I couldn't believe how quickly she's come to hand and um, Anthony did mention that he said she's just a filly that comes to hand so quickly and she looks phenomenal so she's extreme I'm very much looking forward to seeing and I think that she can win the Furious Stakes Zaki is short at $1.85 which makes me nervous because he can be a little bit sometimes tricky I know he's got the first up form um, but he also can be a tricky horse to catch sometimes so I'm actually not going with him this weekend because he makes me just a little bit too mm. nervous albeit I'm very excited to see him return so I'm going against him I'm going with Profondo in the tramway I'm not Ooh. sure that he's not the forgotten horse at that $6.50 mark. Oh, Josh, you got a smile. Mm, great, see. Told, great minds. Uh, great, great minds, Ali. Think, think a lot. <laughs> Told you, Mido. Yeah, Profondo's <laughs> in the multi alley, so oh, and geez. Josh oh, picked good. it. So, he, I'm, like his chest is, you know, decent size as it is. <laughs> it's just popped out a bit further. Well, I just thought he was enormous last time, and it, you know, he raced without cover, and he settled a lot nicer, and he's, he's a class horse. So, I can't see how he's how he's six fifty in, in this field because. Aside from, you know, the, the likes of Yuzakis and your Converges returning, it's, you know, Profondo's the standout. What about in the Chelmsford Stakes, Ali? Yeah, so I found this one a little tricky as well. I sort of was kept going back and forth on them because I like Benno, but I just don't think it's the day for Benno. Um, and then I want to forgive Mwanga, but I'm a little bit nervous to forgive him as well because he put in a really disappointing run in the wing stakes and I know he probably had excuses. Tommy Berry came back and wasn't as disappointed with him as I think a lot of the punters were. But um, I'm hoping he can bounce back, but I'm actually going to go with Montecilia here. Um, I just think she will be the one to watch. First up, she's back from the spell. She's a proven first up horse. Uh, and I just think at the 460, she, she's um, she's the one to follow out of that race. Ali, what about with the jockeys at the moment? Who's the most informed jockey, do you think? And, and what can we expect, or who can we expect to go to another level this spring? Yeah, it's a trick. I mean, it's easy for me to say James McDonald. And it's yeah, excluding you to be brother-in-law. So. You can't choose him. <laughs> and it's boring anyway. I don't think it's starting to say all the time. Um, I think, you know what, I think, Huey is going to give him a run for his money in the um, Jockey Championship this year because mm. I, I really feel like he had that sort of lull after Winks and now he's come back and said, no, I, I want to be here and I want to be, be giving it to him. But the one I think probably to follow the most is Sam Clipperton. So Clippo is one of those sort of quiet achievers and he's just, not only is he just a lovely guy, but um, after coming back from Hong Kong, he probably found it a bit tricky to hit his straps. You know, they come back and sometimes they have a bit of a lull and a flat spot. And I just feel like he's got some really nice rides lined up for the spring. And he's just a really hard worker. I know last weekend when he thought he might have um, got suspended or got in trouble when he squeezed out um, when he, him and Nash came in on, I can't remember who it was now, but he thought he was going to get suspended. And the look on his face when he came back was just, 
pure disappointment and I think it just shows how much he's looking forward to this spring as well. So I'll definitely say goodbye. Ali, the McEwen States will be a very closely watched race. Will you be watching the return of Coolangatta? Yeah, I certainly will be. Everyone's very bullish about her chances, aren't they? And I, I know with good reason that um, everyone's already throwing around the, the big the big E word, the Everest word. And, and I mean, I can I can see it. She's obviously come back in great order. And I know everyone wants to jump on board and at, at the short price. Of, of all the ones I've tipped away from that the short price favourites on the weekend, she's one that I'd be sticking with. Okay, what are your best bets, Ali? So, um, I like She's Extreme. I'm going to go with She's Extreme in the Furious. And then my best bet will be Opal Ridge in the first. So, I've gone with the highway form there okay. for my best bet. Uh, so, that's race one, number eight, Opal Ridge. And that is the $2.60 favourite with Tab. That's Ali's best. Race one, number eight, nice and early. Build the bank in the Tab Highway tomorrow. J-Mac in the saddle for Lukey Pepper. And race six, number one, Ali also likes in the Dali Furious Stakes for the Phillies. She's Extreme. So that's race six, number one. She's Extreme is the $6, a $6 chance with Tab. Two ten the place in secrets, the $3.60 favourite in that race. Ali, you have a great weekend. Thanks, guys.